At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, oh, yes, episode 32 of the Adam Shine Podcast, and we are fired up to be with you once again. We have a tremendous timely guest for you this week on the pod. Two-time Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champion, friend of the podcast, Ike Taylor joins us to talk about the undefeated Steelers, Steelers-Ravens, could the Steelers beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, Ike Taylor, we've been talking with Ike Taylor forever when he was a player, when he was a broadcaster at the NFL Network, and now he's got an unbelievable podcast out. I always learn something every time we talk to Ike Taylor, always entertaining. So we are thrilled to have Ike Taylor with us here on the Adam Shine Podcast. We had the single worst week we've ever had. In 16 years, we've been hosting Shine on Sports on Sirius XM, picking games against the spread. So I'm going to tell you why I regret nothing. We'll have some fun at my expense, and we'll get into some picks for this upcoming week in the National Football League. I've got a couple of interesting potential stacks for fantasy football. Bob Stu and I will have some fun making picks and getting into fantasy football. I want to start the podcast with the Giants because, listen, Daniel Jones is a poor man's Jameis Winston. Seriously, that's who he is. And and make no mistake, if you're a Giants fan, you're livid because without question, you got hosed, you got robbed. When you take a look at what happened at the end of that Monday night affair, 25-23, clear pass interference. Antoine Winfield was way early. That is textbook penalty. They threw the flag, then they huddle up and they pick it up. You can't make that up if you try it. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm livid. Heck, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm livid. That impacts the division standings in the NFC South. If, in fact, the Buccaneers would have been tied with the Giants, end up losing in overtime. So if I'm a Saints fan, I'm saying we're getting screwed again by pass interference. You can't make that up. But they got robbed. The Giants got robbed. But without question, Daniel Jones needed to make a better throw. And that throw was awful when he was trying to hit Lewis for the two-point conversion. And it was late. It was lazy. And that's typical Daniel Jones. You know, he made that gorgeous throw for the touchdown, 19 yards, to cap a 13-play, 70-yard drive. But the feel-good moment was so damn fleeting if you're a Giants fan because he then makes a throw that makes you cringe. And his internal clock is broken. Let's be honest here. Daniel Jones' internal clock is broken. Since 2019, he leads the NFL in in turnovers. He is a turnover machine. It is mind-numbing watching him play football. Giants up 14-6 at halftime. Giants ball to start the third. They get a good return. They have all the momentum, and then, bam, Jones just zaps it under pressure, and he throws it to nobody in particular, throws it right into the hands of a Buccaneer defender. It's a, a horrendous decision, a horrible read, and 
it's basically par for the course. I mean, you've seen it all season long from Daniel Jones, 17-15, early fourth quarter. Darius Slayton is wide open, wide open. And Daniel Jones never saw him. Instead, he made a horrible read under pressure, forced it to Sterling Shepard, picked again, Buccaneers and Tom Brady capitalized. And those are just dagger turnovers that you just can't get past. And how about the play at 7-3 in the second quarter? It doesn't go down in the books as a turnover, but I referenced the internal clock being broken. Third and seven, and you take a sack to get out of field goal range. Daniel Jones has no feel, has no clue. And we destroyed the Giants when they picked him sixth overall. We we were told the Giants were going to pick him, and it was great radio. We just kept saying, they're going to pick him, and you're going to be angry. You're going to pick him, you're going to be angry. And it made no sense. Should have picked Josh Allen, the defensive end, who went to Jacksonville. That was my my instant take. That was my my feel the entire time on the Giants. You can't reach for a quarterback. It's going to set you back. And if you're if you're the next general manager and Dave Gettleman needs to be fired, should never been hired in the first place. You know you have to consider everything when you take a look at the New York Football Giants. Look, Dave Gettleman is really to blame here. Should have never been hired. Should have never drafted Saquon Barkley at two. I, I called for Sam Darnold or Quentin Nelson. Should have never reached for Daniel Jones at six. You know, he's botched all these first-round picks. He botched the Odell contract when he signed him, when he traded him. Should have traded him before he signed him. But then, you know, he has no idea how to run a football team. Joe Judge is actually impressed in terms of toughness, coaching. You know, if the Giants had decent quarterback play, They'd be in first place in the division. They could have beat Tampa in a huge upset. They could have knocked off Philadelphia. That Philly game was a disaster. And obviously, that wasn't all on Daniel Jones. Evan Ingram catched the damn ball. But Daniel Jones turned it over when it mattered the most in that game. And that that just can happen. You, you saw him turn it over in the Dallas game. I mean, all this guy does is turn it over when it matters the most and This is why I never would have picked him. It was a terrible, terrible move. Gettleman needs to go. The quarterback position needs to be completely evaluated, reevaluated. Look, the Giants, they've got issues on the line, injury issues. They don't have any dudes on defense. I mean, think about that. You know, Dave Gettleman has completely left this cupboard bare. And this was never the plan to be a team that was going to be at the top of the draft. Go back and if you want to laugh and cringe, depending upon your perspective, read Gettleman's quotes before he drafted Saquon Barkley. He, he thought that was going to be the, the missing piece to a playoff team. You can't make this garbage up if you tried. Daniel Jones is not a legit starting quarterback. If the Giants let him go right now, like just put him on the street. How many teams would sign him to be their starting quarterback? How many teams right now is he unequivocally an upgrade for? Three? Five? Think about that. And this is the sixth overall pick in the 2019 draft. Nobody wants him. This is not a good player, not a good quarterback, one of the easiest predictions ever. Giants fans are funny. You know, you get guys, you get gals who call the show and they – they are just livid at my take on the Giants. Diehard fans. I mean, if you're a Mr. Mara apologist, I'm sorry. You're, you're just not seeing the forest through the trees. Daniel Jones is a poor man's Jameis Winston. And if you disagree, you're on planet delusional and you are just flat out wrong. Ike Taylor is going to join us. 
Looking forward to catching up with the Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champion. Talk about this year's squad. Ike Taylor joins us on the Out of Time Podcast after this. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. We are extra fired up for this interview on the Adam Shine podcast. One of my favorite guys to talk about when he was a player. He was always great when he would join us on the radio show. Love him as an analyst. Love him when he's with us on TV, on radio. And now we get him on the podcast. Legendary Pittsburgh Steelers, Super Bowl champion, my guy, the great Ike Taylor. Ike, how are you? Adam, how you doing, bro? I am doing superb. Absolutely sensational. Appreciate you asking. And there's so much in terms of Steeler football I want to talk to you about. But first and foremost, you know, I, I love listening to your Steelers podcast. It is it is always entertaining and informative. You know, first and foremost, tell all of our great listeners and subscribers what you're doing with your Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. So it's the Believe in Steelers podcast, me and Mark Bergen. He's my co-host on, uh, I think we did our 45th show last Tuesday. So that was that was cool. Uh, he gave me that stat. But, yeah, every Tuesday we try to come out with the Believe in Steelers podcast, just letting everybody know what's going on in Steelers Nation. It's awesome. I, I always gain a lot from it. It's always entertaining. And congratulations on, on all of your Thank success. You. Ike, first and foremost, you you lived Steelers-Ravens as a player for a long time. That's my favorite rivalry in the NFL. It's nasty. It's built upon hate. Players don't like each other. Coaches don't like each other. Fans don't like each other. What makes the Steelers and Ravens so special, in your opinion? They got the same blueprint from the front office to coaching staff. When you want to look at the front office, they, they draft the same way. You know, they, they draft great guys who love football. They draft guys who want to be physical. They draft guys who want to smash people facing on defense. They draft offensive linemen who want to put their weight on defensive linemen. They draft linebackers who want to come downhill. They draft Hall of Fame safeties. They draft quarterbacks with stability. That's, that's, that's what they do. So when yeah. you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, you just looking at each other in the mirror. The only thing is Pittsburgh started this years before the Baltimore Ravens have, but I look at the Baltimore Ravens like they, they, they took the blueprint and they've done well with it over there in Baltimore. Do you have a favorite story or memory from when you played when it came down to that rivalry game with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens? Man, I remember Hines Ward. When, when, and this is this is with Ray Ray, every yeah. Um, this is I'm talking about. This is Peter Bow. I'm talking about. They was they wanted to know what number eighty six was. They had to know what number eighty six was because what Hans Ward was doing on them crack blocks, 
and how he was blocking people on offense. <laughs> you had you had to know what eighty six was at all times. And and I'm not saying he put fear in them. I'm saying for a defense of that caliber at the time, because that was between us and the Baltimore Ravens, number one, number two defense. To see defensive guys having to be aware on a receiver, not because of his catching, not because of what he does after the run, but his blocking. I said, oh, my Lord, I'm so glad number 86 on my side because I definitely wouldn't <laughs> want to be one of those guys who's getting crack blocked. Oh, I mean, you, you think about the Steelers and Ravens rivalry, you think of Heinz Ward. Seriously, because he, he was built – and I have always argued Heinz Ward should be in the Hall of Fame. Seriously, I, I just think he never got the respect that he deserved because he didn't put up the numbers for, for people's right. fantasy teams. But in terms right. of winning right. and Super Bowls and championships and toughness, I mean, that was, that was a tremendous, tremendous ball player. And I love that, that is, that's the reference point. So now, modern day, the Steelers not only beats Baltimore, they beat Baltimore uh-huh. – in Baltimore, mm-hmm. with Baltimore right. up by double digits. The Ravens don't blow double-digit leads at home. What does that mean for that group with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Adam, what I think going to Baltimore and winning in Baltimore down by double digits meant it to, that, to, that, to this young group. Um, first of all, that was a playoff atmosphere. That was a playoff game. And you talked about it earlier, the rivalry between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the in, in the uh, Baltimore Ravens, it's a mutual understanding. And the understanding is that we hate each other. That's just point blank, period. But you got a group of young receivers, a, a Chase Claypool, Deontay uh, Johnson, um, Juju. You got some guys who are going to be put in those situations, but you got a veteran quarterback into Big Ben Roethlisberger who's been in those situations, and he's the head, and he's the head of the ship. And he's telling those guys, he's telling those guys, and his body language is like, okay, this is what we built for. And what I was trying to say earlier was, I heard some, I heard a, a guy on TV to, today. He said Pittsburgh don't blow anybody out. That's why I can't trust Pittsburgh because they don't blow anybody out. And I'm saying in my head, you don't want to to build a team. You don't want to have blowouts because when it gets to the playoffs, you're not blowing nobody out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. 14, 17-point games, 24, 28-point games, you're not going to have any blocks because everything is level. You're going to have a good quarterback. You're going to have a good defense. You're going to have a good running game. You might have one or two special receivers. Now it's all coaching. So when I, when, when I heard that, I'm like, Man, I see good coaching. Harbaugh, I see good coaching. Tomlin, I see good coaching. Andy Reid, I see good coaching. Mike Babel. And I'm saying in the AFC, like, it's going to be tough to outcoach all these guys. So the games are going to be very close. So, no, as a Pittsburgh fan and as a player, I don't want my team to blow out anybody because I'm trying to get my team psyched up and understand that, hey, man, we might be up some games in halftime. We might be tied 7-7 some games. We might be down double-digit games at halftime. But at the same time, this is how we can overcome, you know. So you adjust, you make halftime adjustments, and you try to win the game. So, no, nah, I, I – I see what he was trying to say, but I understand from a coaching a coaching perspective and a player's perspective, you always want to be in different scenarios. And no, I do not want to be in a blowout scenario. I got to tell you, as you're telling me that, uh, you're giving me the chills. I mean, that's, that's Steeler football. And 
you know, there have been examples in prior years of, you know, the Steelers looking past someone or being favored by a touchdown and, you know, losing that game. I'm just impressed about the DNA of this team. You know, Philly and Carson Wentz trying to come back. They slammed the door shut. You know, the Titans, I was surprised by how lopsided it was early. But Tennessee, great team, well-coached team, and, and they made sure that the, the comeback fell short. Then a come-from-behind effort in, in Baltimore. What's different about the fabric and the DNA, Ike, of this year's version of the Steelers, maybe compared to some Steelers teams we've seen in recent years? Oh, man, seven. And what I mean by seven is Big Ben. That's a great and answer. As much yeah. as this- as much as this sounds crazy, Adam, I think Ben's injury last year was kind of blessing in the skies on both of them. Uh, ben has been playing a long time in the league, and he got some rest. He didn't get the rest that he wanted off of getting injured, but heck, he got some kind of rest. You know, that's going on Ben's 15, 16 year in the league. Young guys had to step it up. Deontay, Deontay Johnson stepped it up. Juju stepped it up. Offensive line last year stepped it up. Defense been playing lights out since last year, stepped it up. So now Ben had time to reflect back and thinking, okay, when I do come back, this is what I can do with a young receiving core. This is what I need to do as a quarterback. This is what I need to do as a leader. You know, so and I think now he's just putting everything together this year, and it's 17. This is, this is Big Ben's team, and Ben has – Every car in the garage that you want for the wide receiver position. He got tight ends and Vance McDonald and Eric Ebram. He got running backs. He got a boatload of running backs and, and James Conner and company. He got a young stud, a Chase Claypool. He got DeAndre, Deontay Johnson. He has a Juju Smith-Schuster. So he has everything you're looking for as a quarterback. And what he has now is a young team. So as a veteran quarterback, what can I do? I can groom my receivers the way I want them. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what he's doing. That's why you're seeing the success right now. Well, and, and hit that home for me from a defensive back's perspective, which you played so brilliantly in the league for so long. Because, you know, the best receiving cores and tight ends will factor them in as well. It's when you have a basketball team and you have a point guard and you have someone who's like a center and a power forward. Guys who are different types of receivers. You have that with the big three. You have that with the tight ends. What kind of pressure does that group put on a, an opposing defensive backfield that makes it such an advantage for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh? Man, it's, and that's one thing the Pittsburgh still to do well. They draft receivers like they draft receivers like it's nobody business. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna start it off like this: when I came in as a rookie, Antoine Randall L. Hines Ward, Texaco Burris. Mm. That was our three. That was our three. So look at it. Look at it like this, Adam. From a defensive, from a cornerback standpoint, I get to, I get to sharpen my sword on this aspect. I got a young shifty guy, in Antoine Randall L in the slot. Oh, so yeah. I got to be patient and work on my feet. I got a veteran seasoned guy, Hines Ward. Not faster than nobody, but know how to, to body and position himself and make every route look the same. Very crafty. I have a tall basketball player in Plexico Burris who can jump ball 
and catch anything in his vicinity. So you, you had to look at it like as a DB, man, I, I got to work on my craft on all three kind of guys because I never knew who I was playing coming up through the week. So if I played a Brandon Marshall or some sort, I got to go check Flexico Burris. If I played a Steve Smith, I got to go check a Hans Ward. If I, if I played somebody who was shifty and crafty like an Ocho, even though he was tall, he was real shifty and crafty, I played an Antoine Randall L. So that, they gave me – it spoiled me as a DB because I got every look I wanted to from every body type of a receiver. Now let me fast forward this. Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And we, 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 ain't even, we ain't even talk about Antonio Holmes. My goodness. We ain't I mean, even they, talk about Martavis Bryant. Yeah. I mean, he was a big-time talent. Absolutely. Man. They are a factory so what, when it comes to drafting wide receivers, Ike. You hit you you hit it on the head. Pittsburgh is a factory when it comes down to draft the wide receivers, Adam. It's it's ridiculously impressive, and what they do to to DBs is 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 remarkable. And you're right; it's it's Ben's team. And you reference this year's defense and the ability to practice against these guys. Look, I, I think that the Steelers' defense best in the NFL this year. What makes this group? So dominant and so consistent week in, week out. Seven first-rounders that yeah. started, whether they got drafted or acquired in trade for agency. Minka, first-rounder. Joe, first-rounder. To it, he could have been a first-rounder. He was a second-round draft pick. Tyson, uh, got drafted from the Jaguars, first-rounder. Cam Hayward, first-rounder. Bud Dupree, first-rounder. Um, T.J. Watt, first-rounder. <laughs> so they, they got they got number but. Devin Bush, even though he's on IR, first rounder. <laughs> so they got number first. Your whole defense is around about first rounders, and they prime, <laughs> yeah. and they prime, yeah, and they prime. <laughs> you know, so that's why the way they playing. This you only got eleven guys on the field. You got damn near six first rounders, and all of them damn near they prime at them, and they all on the same page, and they all want to do one thing, and that's win. <laughs> the chemistry is so great, and you're right. The talent, yeah. it's, it's an embarrassment of riches. And what I love, because I'm a big Devin Bush fan. I, I said this before the draft, and then when Pittsburgh picked him, he was put on planet Earth to play linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I mean, that, that was a great fit. It was a great pick. He goes down, devastating injury. And the, the general manager, Kevin Colbert, goes out and makes a trade for Gravy Williamson from the Jets. That, that's a tremendous pickup. What does that do? How does that resonate in the locker room when you're undefeated and your organization won't rest because they're thinking about another Super Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's why they're always in Super Bowl contentions because you just hit it on the head. You hit it on the head with Pittsburgh being a factory for receivers, and regardless on our success right now, I still want to be better. <laughs> that's the mentality, and that starts from the Rooney family to Kevin Colbert down to Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff and a domino effect just soothes its way into the players. <laughs> That's, everybody buys in. I love it. Everybody buys into being unselfish, and everybody will get paid when we win Super Bowls. Well, if I told you that I still think Kansas City is the team to beat, and I have Pittsburgh right now number two on my list, you echo that? You agree with it? You offended by it? How would you react? Who won the Super Bowl last year? Kansas City. There go your echo. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. There go your echo. They, they, 
They they still at the top. Until somebody dethrones them, Adam, they still at the top. I think you have to frame it that way. And I, I think when you have Patrick Mahomes, he is next level special. I also think when you look at Pittsburgh with the 7-0 record, Dallas, Cincinnati, which is not going to be easy because of Joe Burrow, Jacksonville, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility here that the Pittsburgh Steelers are 10-0 and when they take on the Baltimore Ravens on Thanksgiving night. Adam, Cincinnati scares me. Tell me about that. And, and the, I agree with and, you. And Tell the, me. And the, and the reason why Cincinnati scares me because they really haven't been blown out. Joe Burrow is young, but he has been keeping that team in ball games. They just been coming up short in 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 a lot of situations. But you see the growth and maturity of Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, you get T. Higgins outside coming from Clemson. You got Tyler Boyd, young stud from from Pittsburgh. You got a uh, Giovanni Bernard. He's coming back since. The starting running back been hurt. Like, them, them boys looking good over there. Defense ain't been playing bad. And Joe Burrow isn't doing nothing but gaining confidence week after week. And he's been playing with a banged-up offensive line. They just required, they just acquired a guy from off the street on Friday. He started on Sunday. And they wind up beating who? The Tennessee Titans. So, mm-hmm. it starts with Joe Burrow. So, that's why the team scares me. You know, because they, they, they really playing like we have nothing to lose. And Joe Burrow, week in and week out, is getting better. And and, and he changes the entire culture in Cincinnati. I, I agree with that. No excuses. Just let's go play ball. He doesn't care about Bengal history. He wants to win. Do the Baltimore Ravens have an issue when it comes to Lamar in big games? And he's a majestic talent, unanimous MVP. I voted for him. We know about the two playoff starts. We know about the Cincinnati. We know about the Kansas City games. We know about the Pittsburgh games. Is there a book on Lamar in big spots? Is there a problem with Lamar in big spots? Lamar, Lamar's going to have to prove that he can throw outside the numbers consistently because everybody is stacking and putting guys inside the hashes, bodies inside the hashes and daring Lamar to throw outside the numbers. And that's that's for him to make it for him to get to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowls, Lamar gonna have to throw outside the numbers. I think that assessment is absolutely spot on, Ike. Playing for Mike Tomlin, what was that like? Especially knowing his DNA on defense and, and DBs, you know, Mike Mike will always be straight with you. And, you know, he's a guy who players I know will like to run through a wall for. What was it like playing for Mike Tomlin? Because all you can – first of all, Coach T is like – he's big brother to me. Like, he was my coach, but he was more of a big brother in a lot of ways to Ike Taylor. Him and I, our relationship was totally different than any other person in that locker room at the time. Still is today. Coach Tomlin – from the first meeting when everybody is at the first meeting, he tells you the business side of football. Hey, I got an Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor catch a DUI. I got money invested in Ike Taylor. I'm going to find him, and, I'm, and we're going to keep it going. Guy, if, if, if you're a free agency and you catch a DUI, don't even come back to the facility because I'm cutting. Like, he tells you that the un, the unfairness part 
of of the business, but it's like, dang, he telling me the truth. Like as a young man, that's all you want to be told. You want to be talked to like a man. You you don't want to you don't want any secrets at that level. Coach T ain't keeping no secrets. Monday morning, a hey, two dogs and one bone. Coach, what you mean by two dogs and one bone? I got two guys fighting for this last spot at this position. Yeah. Whoever has the best week of practice is getting this spot. And here go the two guys right here. Ike Taylor and Brian McFadden. Mm. Fight. It, this, this, this is the team meeting, Adam. Holy so cow. So when, 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 when you see this, it's, you know what? I respect that, Coach. Because basically you're telling me everything y'all talk in the coaching staff meeting, the front off meeting, now you done brought it towards the whole team, and we all know what we got to do. Nobody's safe. And that's the posture respect by the Coach T. We ain't even going to talk about the IQ level. That's way that's way beyond. IQ level is unbelievable. Him breaking it. What I've learned with Coach T, Dick LeBeau, and Ray Horton, they can simplify and break football down whether you're a five-year-old or a 75-year-old and never watch the sport. Mm. Give them five minutes and you'll know a little something about football. That's what I was blessed around. Them kind of coaches. And that's Coach T. I got to tell you, Ike, I've got the chills all up and down my body as you tell those stories. <laughs> that, that is about as good as it gets. And you are about as good as it gets. I always learn something every time I have you on. The podcast is fantastic. Keep up the outstanding work, my friend. And we will talk to you again real soon. And congratulations on everything, Ike. I appreciate you, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it. Ike Taylor, of course. He's got an unbelievable podcast out. And love talking Pittsburgh Steelers football with Super Bowl champion Ike Taylor. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. Then the Barak Show keeps you updated on all things boxing. Let's not say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody with fighting guys on the way out. And Jimmy Smith has you covered for mixed martial arts. Do you want to look behind the curtain and see what these guys have to deal with for the amount of money they're making? The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Adam Shine, not telling you to wager on football, but here we go. I went 3-11 and picking games against the spread. 3-11. and You know, oftentimes you have regrets when you pick these games. I don't even regret any of these picks. You know, I had Tampa winning, they didn't cover. I had Buffalo winning, didn't cover. Had New Orleans winning and covering, they didn't cover. You know, the Chargers are going to charge her. That was crazy. Actually, I stand, I stand corrected. I have one regret, and that's because Bob Stew had the <laughs> – he's laughing already. Bob Stew, the minute you told me what your pick was for Thursday Night Football on the podcast mm. last week, I just needed to change. But I feel like you are the one who should have regrets. You know, I'm still in first place on China Sports. I'm still above 500. I went three and eleven. You went four and ten. Yeah, not exactly a great week for either of us. We picked plenty of winners, like you said. They just didn't cover. My biggest regret was the Steelers. I mean, the line started moving again. I actually I bet it in real life when it moved even further toward the Steelers. But the Ravens blew a big lead in that one. Yeah, I, mean, that was I a don't mess. regret that up ten. I mean, the Ravens never blow a double digit lead. I don't regret that. We didn't hit it, but I don't regret that pick. 
Yeah, and they dominated on the ground. I mean, Lamar's turnovers really killed us. The Chargers one was terrible because we should have easily won that. I mean, the Saints throwing away that late lead. Oh, you know, it was pretty dumb on our parts when we we both picked San Francisco. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, they just played absolutely terrible. I can't believe how badly they played. But Nick Mullins looked great in the fourth quarter. That's how I thought the game was going to go. I I thought it was going to be like that the first three quarters. Seattle's defense was exceptional. I don't regret that one as much. I don't regret Minnesota and Green Bay. I took no. the Packers one of those days. That was a shocker. Like, I don't regret Tennessee. I thought Tennessee was the best bet of the week. I it was too. five and a half against the too. Bengals. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was best I, bet of the week. They, they I, weren't I even in the game. I couldn't believe the trend was so low. I literally went by 10 <laughs> to 14 points. Minimum. That's what I, Minimum. That's what I thought. That's okay, what I now thought. as we tape this at 142.30. That's exact. I got this big clock in the office as I tape the podcast. 142, now 37, 38, 39. The spread on the Thursday night game, it's mm. Packers favored by two and a half. No, like, no, no, no. Did no. it change? <laughs> with all the, with, all the uh, with the entire running back t- position not playing? What was the no. latest the point spread? It's funny that you're just mentioning the time and the clock because every time I open William Hill, every single time I open the app, it goes up in fa- it's even more in favor of the Packers. Every hour it's gone up by a point. The Packers are currently favored by five now. It's not two and a half. It's up to five. When I P- check this thing. At 12.01, <laughs> right after Shine On Sports, it was two and a half. Yeah, it's not. It is no longer two and a half. It, it's up to five. So, and but in some si- places, it's since, up to six. And since I checked it, since I checked it, Ian Rappaport reported that Aaron Jones is probably not going to play. And the number went <laughs> yeah. up? Yeah, the number went up. Yeah, the number went up. Every, a lot of money's coming in on the Packers. A lot of it's because of the Kittle and Garoppolo injuries. That's really what's going on here. You know, I mean, Nick Mullins did look like Joe Montana in the fourth quarter versus Seattle. I think that's one of the things that they're factoring in here, though. Nobody really has any faith in Nick Mullins to produce that type of performance. And like the Niners, all the injuries, it's just too many injuries on the offensive side of the football for San Francisco here. That's why the number is going up in favor of the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win the game by at least 10 points, Adam. Wow. You know, and I'm looking at this line. It opened at a pick em, And yep. I, William Hill, who we always use, is that has it out of five, as you mentioned. That is that is wild. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to still take Green Bay. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a gimme, though. I, I, don't, I don't think, even with Garoppolo and Kittle out, I don't think this is a gimme at all. I, because they don't have any running backs. Yeah, I, but the Niners I, don't have any any passing attack. They don't have Debo. They don't have Jimmy. They don't have Kittle. I mean, that's that's a lot of guys yeah, to make Bob, up for. Yeah, they, they have Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. They have Kyle Shanahan. I I want a, a bit more information before we make – but you're taking Green Bay. That means I probably should just take San Francisco. Yeah, I should apologize to the people of Wisconsin because you've already lost at this point. The Packers have no chance of winning this game. My Thursday night jinx is way too By strong. By the way, I have VEASAN up. I, I have it on live, right? <laughs> Literally, as I popped it on as you were talking, it is now dropped in a couple of places to four and a half. It's all over the place. You can get it at six, you can get it at five and a half, you can get it at four and a half, you can get it at five. It's all over the place. This line is going to be moving the entire week. I mean, if you had to to set a line for this game, what would you set it at? Right now. Packers by a touchdown. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they're going to win by at least 10 points. I was that's how say, I feel about I it. I was going to say settle at five and a half, six. You know what the problem is? We already saw this this Niners team with the banged up injuries a few weeks ago, and they were terrible. Like, they were not the same team. They got crushed by the Dolphins in a similar situation. Killed That's why it would really make me nervous taking San Francisco. I know it's Kyle Shanahan. He's unbelievable. But, like, we've seen this story happen already earlier in the season, and the Niners couldn't make up for the injuries. They just couldn't. And the defense has been banged up all year. We couldn't. We don't have enough time on the podcast here, Adam, to even read off all the injuries for San Francisco. But I no don't Aaron think they have Jones, a- no Williams, no Dylan. I mean, we're we're down to four stringers and practice squad running backs. Yeah, but just throw the football a thousand times with Aaron Rodgers. Problem solved. All right. And by the way, it's now one forty six, forty seven, forty eight, forty nine. You know, the, uh, I hope by 4 Eastern time the Packers make a trade for a wide receiver. Mm. I mean, uh, you know my rant. Blood on your hand, it's Brian Gunakist. I mean, the Packers are still livid at me for saying that. And they, guess what? I, I don't regret any second of it because they should have signed Austin Hooper or Emmanuel Sanders. They didn't do that. They should have drafted Brandon Ayuk, who they're going to see on, on Thursday night. Or they should have drafted T. Higgins or Michael Pittman. I mean, there's an epic, legendary class. Instead, they got a project quarterback in Jordan Love, who I hated. Forget about Green Bay or not Green Bay. I absolutely despised him as a prospect and as a first-round pick. He, he wasn't any good in, in college against good teams. He's raw. He's not going to be ready for years. Then they back that up with a, a plotting third-string running back. They needed help at receiver and linebacker, and they decided not to do it. If they don't make a trade, Bob, by 4 Eastern, I think the fans should absolutely go ballistic, go nuts, absolutely crazy when you look at it for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I, I am just stunned beyond belief that Brian Gunekis hasn't helped Aaron Rodgers out. I mean, they were that close to a Super Bowl. That is, that is crazy. Now, there are some underdogs who I kind of dig this weekend. You ready? Yeah. Raiders are Ooh. underdogs. I think the Raiders can take care of business against the the Chargers. It's not by much. It's Chargers are favored by one and a half. I've seen the spread on Washington Giants three, three and a half. William Hill, as I speak, currently has it at, at three. I think the Giants can absolutely cover that spread. I think Detroit can cover against Minnesota. Uh, Vikings are favored by four in that one. And I could see the Denver Broncos covering in Atlanta with the Falcons favored by four. Yeah, I love that philosophy. It's funny, though. My favorite underdog this week is actually Buffalo at home, Adam. I like Buffalo. I wouldn't call it my favorite underdog. Um, Boy... I think Buffalo's offense is going to explode against Seattle's defense. Yeah. I, a, I think it could be a big Josh Allen game, big Diggs game. Moss was tremendous last week. Singletary was better, and they did what I expected them to do, and they they beat the Patriots. They That was a must-win game, should-win game, changing of the guard game. There's something, though, about the Bills that kind of scares me because they're winning these games, but they just haven't looked great, especially on defense, Bob. And I wonder aloud about that defense going up against Russ. Yeah, I completely understand that. I mean, they really haven't played well in a month, but they are 2-2 two and two during that stretch, right? 
You know, I said it last week, John Brown's return would be big for Buffalo. He only had one catch. It was pretty much the biggest catch of the game. He yeah. had 21 yards, except that eventual game-winning field goal. I mean, he's really opened the offense up for Diggs. I mean, you saw New England didn't really have an answer for Diggs. He had well over 90 yards. Like, I think Buffalo's going to move the ball at will against Seattle, Adam. I mean, Seattle's got, they have to travel from west to east to play an early game. That's usually a problem. Jamal Adams probably on a pitch count. I do like the Bills getting the three to take care of business. I think they're going to win the game outright, Adam. I And I know Seattle was unbelievable against San Francisco, and that offense is incredible. Can't you just see Trey White blanketing DK Metcalf all game? If Buffalo can take away Metcalf, I think that's why they'll be in the game. I think that's why they will win the game. You know, it's funny. I'm always high on Buffalo. Love picking the Bills. Bills Mafia jump through the table. Love Allen. Love McDermott. I've been outspoken anti-Seattle as a real Super Bowl team because of their defense. I'll probably end up picking the Bills for the reasons I documented and you documented, but on a Tuesday, I am not ready to circle that one yet. I am not ready. Now, there are some other great games this week. I'll give you two, and I'll give you my lean. Not ready to circle. Cardinals favored by four and a half against Miami. I lean on Arizona, but that Dolphins defense is legit. And, Bob, I'm leaning on Antonio Brown and the Buccaneers, (laughs) favored by four and a half against New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, I saw that coming a mile away. Actually, you can get it up to five and a half now at William Hill. Tampa Bay fair by five and a half. It's funny, because my second favorite underdog of the week is the Saints, Adam. I love the Saints. I thought Tampa looked terrible against the Giants on Monday Night Football. There was just no chemistry on offense. Gronk was completely invisible. They couldn't run the ball. You mentioned Antonio Brown. That's a big deal, but he hasn't really practiced that much with Brady. You know, Brady, it's all about repetition. Chris Godwin's absence to me, that's the biggest deal for Tampa in the passing attack. He's so reliable. I didn't think Tampa's defense was great either. I mean, they got bailed out by Danny Dimes. He turned the ball over, over, and over, and over. Saints are steady, Adam. Five and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I love the Saints in that game getting the points. We also got to see what happens with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, but, you know, that defense is is tremendous for Tampa Bay. Revenge from week number one uh, after the snooze fest that was the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I wanted to, in the second quarter, after the end of the second quarter, I tweeted, we fast forward to the final minute. That game was putting me into a coma. I will, in fact, be waiting all day this week for Sunday night with the Saints and, and the Buccaneers. Fantasy football coming up next. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Adam Shine, fantasy football legend. You know, I listened to you, Bob, from the podcast last week, and I started Joe Burrow, and I started Tyler Boyd, and I stacked them in, in daily fantasy, and they did well. They did well. And it was a weird week in terms of action, and it was a weird week in terms of results. You know, I, I'm, I was in sixth place out of 20 in my daily fantasy league, feeling really good. My... My issue this week, and I'm sure I'll drop in the standings, haven't received the standings yet, 
I finished in 12th out of 20 because my team was good. It wasn't great. It, yeah. it didn't pack a punch. My killer was Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I mean, he's officially oh. he's dead to me. And and by the way, there were so many opportunities on the goal line. He just couldn't get in, you know, and two other running backs uh, outplayed him. I, I have been very disappointed in Jonathan Taylor in terms of reality, in terms of fantasy. But it's interesting. I started looking at some of the stacks for this week, right? And I kind of want to go big. You know, I Ooh. wasn't surprised Mahomes did what he did. I, I know Carolina's defense is, quote-unquote, ranked high. I don't think I care. This could be a Mahomes-Kelsey week. This could be a Mahomes-Tyreek Hill week. This could be a Russell Wilson-DK Metcalf week. This could be a Josh Allen-Zach Moss kind of week. This could be a Tom Brady Antonio Brown at <laughs> 5,500 kind of week. And I'll tell you the one I just, and I played it a couple weeks ago and it was brilliant. And especially coming off of a Raider win and a Charger loss, Chargers at home, even though I like the Raiders to win that game. I feels like Herbert to Keenan Allen. Yes. That's going to be omnipresent all day long. Yeah, you just mentioned it. I mean, Keenan Allen, $7,000. That is a bargain. The Raiders give up so many yards through the air. I'm glad you listened to me on Joe Burrow. That was a good choice. You really should have listened to me. Last week was the Chiefs week against the Jets. I mean, Kelsey Cole Hardman, that stack was a genius. We t- That was genius. We talked about it on the podcast last week. This is the stack, though, I like this week, Adam. I like Deshaun Watson in the Texans versus Jacksonville. Yeah. This is the stack for me. Brendan Cooks. $5,500. That's it. Watson, $7,100. You can easily stack them together. You've got plenty of money left over. David Johnson at 5600 is pretty solid to me. All three of those guys are not going to cost you an arm and a leg. I like because Jacksonville, they can't defend anybody in the passing attack. Remember, they're also going to have a, a third-string quarterback playing. Houston is going to put up a ton of points. You need touchdowns to win in fantasy. That's why I think this makes the most sense. I'm with you, too, in terms of specific sex. I mean, you mentioned Russ and Metcalf. I don't like DK Metcalf at all. I would never play him this week. If Tredavious White is on DK Metcalf, he's not going to do much at all. This is the Tyler Lockett week to me. He's 6,800. Russ throws to whoever's open. That's right. A couple weeks ago, Tyler Lockett, he had 53 points in fantasy. Last week did nothing. It was a Metcalf week. This is a Tyler Lockett week. That's what I've got in mind for early right now for DraftKings. By the way... Would you start the Steelers' defense at 4,900? I'm being eh. dead serious. Going up against Ben DiNucci. They're going to give you a ton of points, you would assume. But, I mean, if Pittsburgh blows them out, couldn't Dallas score some points late? You know, you, you kind of get robbed a little bit. To me, I kind of like Washington's defense at 3,400 against the Giants. How about the I mean, Giants' defense in the <laughs> high 2000s? Seriously. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. It's basically picking who you think is going to win the game with the Giants and Washington, right? But no, I just, I like Washington's defense. It's really good. And they were on the bye. They're going to be prepared. They have a great pass rush. The, the Giants are on a short week. Danny Dimes turns the ball over every single time. You literally, every time you turn on the TV, he's turning the ball over. I think Washington would be better than the Giants in that situation. I think the Steelers, I think it's too, they're just too expensive to me. They're too expensive. They're going to be up by a lot of points in that game, Adam. I'll give you one other stack that I like for quarterback and receiver. 
and it, it might sound like Captain Obvious, but it, how about Matt Ryan, Julio Jones? And I know Matt Ryan yeah. himself hasn't put up great numbers, but you can certainly throw on on the Denver Broncos. And by the way, how about either Jerry, Judy, and or mm-hmm. how about Hamler, who I believe yeah. is 3,400 going up against that Atlanta defense? I think Hamler would be good. I actually like Deshaun Hamilton of the Broncos better than Hamler. He's actually cheaper. He's $200 cheaper. He was awesome last week against the Chargers. And he had 82 yards and a touchdown. He's only $3,200. Hamler is $200 more. Hamler only had three catches for 13 yards. He got the touchdown late. Locke has a connection with Hamilton for $3,200 in your flex. I think that's the way to go. I love him for cheap this week. Oh, Hamilton. You know, I I started Mims last week, and I felt great. He had like six points in the first quarter. Finished with six points for the entire game. But (laughs) that is one thing I learned. If you go cheap with some of those flyers, you got to go big. I mean, I... I mean, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for five more touchdowns this week. I mean, he's at home <laughs> against Carolina. Why wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, he might. He might. I think the, the only thing with the Chiefs stack is, Adam, say Sammy Watkins comes back. You saw him throwing the ball all over the place last week. Demarcus Robinson got in the mix. Byron Pringle was getting in the mix. That's the problem with the Chiefs stack. Tyree Kill could have like five catches and 50 yards. You have no idea who Mahomes is going to target. If you want to play Pat, I would 100% back you. He's going to be unbelievable. He is expensive. The problem with Kansas City is you're kind of rolling the dice with who you really want to play if you're only playing in one DraftKings league. We will wrap up the Adam Shine podcast. Put a nice big fat happy red bow on this outstanding episode after this. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine podcast. Ike Taylor, that was a treat. Bob Stew, incredible. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM On Demand, listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple and with Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button. Leave a review if you love the Adam Shine podcast. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show on China on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.